Welcome to the OT Potential Podcast, where each week we discuss one influential OT-related journal article. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Sarah Lyon, OTRL. And as occupational therapy practitioners, we have a pretty clear goal. We want to help our clients improve their functioning in their daily lives. But if you've spent any time actually working with patients, you know how utterly complex this mission is. And honestly, there are times when we make gains in therapy, perhaps on a specific task or skill, but these gains simply do not transfer over into the actual day-to-day functioning of our patients. And this happens for a whole host of reasons, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with. The article that we're going to be looking at this week is really exciting and compelling because it's going to give us the opportunity to talk about this really core and central issue of whether therapy translates into actually improving our patients' lives. The article that we're looking at is an example of a cognitive rehabilitation program for Parkinson's. And I'll just tell you right away that this program demonstrated a promising increase in overall functional ability for the patients who took place in it. So this is an episode that I think we should all be paying attention to, and I'm really excited to dive into this research with you. The article that we're discussing this week is called Improving Functional Disability and Cognition in Parkinson's Disease, a Randomized Controlled Trial. It was published in 2014 in the Journal of Neurology, and the article is ranked 38th on our list of the 50 most influential OT-related journal articles. Now, if you've been following this podcast, you know that there is a lot of research that is coming out right now around rehab and Parkinson's disease. And you may remember that we've already talked about some really promising research behind exercise-based neuroplasticity, which could actually possibly slow the disease process for patients with Parkinson's disease. If you work with Parkinson's disease and you haven't been following this research, I definitely encourage you to go back and listen to a previous podcast on this. And this week, we are looking at some additional promising research around Parkinson's disease. This article is exploring how an integrative cognitive training program called RIACOP affects patients with mild to moderate Parkinson's disease. Um, I do want to pause right here and say I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing RIACOP correctly. This program comes to us from Spain, and I assume that RIACOP is an acronym, but I couldn't find what it stands for. So hopefully someone who is more familiar with the program can uh, correct me or fill us in in the online version of our journal club. But the good news is that this study found that those who participated in the RIACOP program demonstrated improvements in multiple outcome measures related to cognition, which is really great. But the best news is that the study also found that functional disability was decreased, that these gains in cognition actually seemed to translate to these patients' overall functioning. So what exactly is this RIACOP program? The RIACOP program is a structured program that uses 
pencil and paper tasks and seeks to provide cognitive rehabilitation that is focused in several areas of cognition, including things like attention, language, memory, executive function. I'll provide a full list in our written review. It says that the program actually has over 300 different tasks, which kind of build upon each other and you have to achieve mastery over certain levels before you progress to the next level. I found the manual online for purchase from an institute in Spain. It, the pricing actually seemed pretty affordable and I'll just be super interested to know if any OTs who are listening or who are in our club um, have actually used this program or been exposed to it. For this study, the REHACOP program was administered by psychologists and it was actually done in a group setting. I do know that it can also be administered on an individual basis. Um, but I couldn't tell from reading about it whether other professions, such as OT, are allowed to administer the program. So what were the important points from this article for OTs to consider? For this study, 42 outpatient participants with Parkinson's disease were randomly assigned to a control group or an intervention group. Both of these groups had group sessions that contained five to seven participants, and they met for 60 minutes three times a week for 16 weeks. We've already talked about the intervention group and what the REHACOP program looks like. Um, and the control group consisted of occupational group activities that were conducted by a psychologist. And these activities included drawing, reading the news, and construction projects using different materials, such as paper and wood. The researchers administered a whole slew of assessments before the intervention and right after it, and I'll go ahead and link to all of those in the club. The article also does a good job describing the limitations of this study, and for time's sake, I will save those for the written version of this review. So let's dive into what the researchers found. The big takeaway was that this study supported the efficacy of REACOP in treating patients with Parkinson's disease. Significant differences were found between the control and the REHACOP group after the intervention. The patients in the REHACOP group showed better processing speed, visual learning and memory, and theory of mind. And most importantly, as we've already discussed, they also showed improvements in their overall functional ability. And not only did they show improvement, the study actually says that the effect size or the degree to which they showed improvement was large which is particularly promising. The article points out in the discussion that their findings align with other research and reviews that have been done that also indicate that cognitive training is a promising tool for dealing with cognitive impairment in Parkinson's disease. But what made this study different from other previous studies is that really important fact that we keep coming back to was that these patients also showed increased functional ability uh, following participation in this program. From this one study alone, we don't know exactly why these improvements in cognition were able to translate to increased functional ability, but the authors do hypothesize that some of the reasons may have been their emphasis on strategic learning and transfer techniques within the REHACOP program. So what were my takeaways from this article for OT practitioners? As always, these are just my own personal takeaways and definitely just meant to serve as a discussion starter. If you have different takeaways or disagree with any of mine, I encourage you to reach out or chime in in the OT Potential Club. 
My first takeaway from this article is simply that we really need to pay attention to articles and research like this where gains in discrete areas translate to overall functional gains. Improving the day-to-day -day lives of our patients is definitely the holy grail of occupational therapy, but it feels like in the podcast we have been on a streak of seeing research where gains in a specific area in therapy do not translate to overall functional gains. So as I've said several times already, the functional gains identified in this article are definitely worth taking time to consider. And for me, I was especially surprised to see these gains coming from what appeared to be pretty rote paper and pencil exercises. But the differences about this program that stood out to me personally were three things. One was just the length of the program. This program had full 60-minute sessions, three hours a week, and lasted for 16 weeks, which just makes it more intensive than other programs that we have looked at. The second thing that really stood out to me was that the cognitive practice seemed to be extremely varied. There were 300 tasks that these patients did, and there seemed to be a lot of grading and building upon each other. And the third thing was that the focus on transfer to function was explicit. We know that keeping the end goal in mind of improved function is really important. And it just seemed that this is something that this program did really well. Okay, my second overarching takeaway was that OT advocacy may be needed to be included as a provider of this protocol. I am of course totally biased towards OT, but from the looks of it, it seems like this program would be a great option for OTs to deliver. And like I said before, I'll be really curious to hear if there are any OTs that have personal experience with this program. And my final takeaway is that even though I'm typically an advocate for function-based treatment, I think as OTs, we need to be open to different approaches to achieving our ultimate goal which is improving the functional status of our patients. So even though function-based treatments are our go-to, we need to stay open to new protocols like this that may help our patients achieve their ultimate goal of increased functioning. We are rapidly learning more and more about specific disease processes, and Parkinson's really stands out to me as a condition in which we need to be mindful of new research that is happening around rehab for these patients. Specifically, when we see these patients, we need to be cognizant of the promise of exercise-based neuroplasticity, and now I would add the promise of cognitive rehabilitation. These are two things I would add to our OT toolkit alongside our go-to of function-based rehab. And it's new developments like this that I'm so excited to be covering in this podcast with you and to be discussing in the online version of our journal club. For those of you who don't know, the OT Potential podcast is an extension of the OT Potential Club which is our online version of our journal club. And that is the place where these articles really come alive because you get to hear other therapists chiming in on this research. I am obviously not an expert in every area and cognitive rehabilitation is one of those areas where I don't have a lot of personal work experience. So we really rely on you to chime in and let us know how you see this research playing out in your own practice. So that is all that I have for you today. Thank you so much for joining me. And I hope that this podcast helps you give great care this week.